Namaskar. Hello and welcome to P Guru's channel. I'm your host Sri Ayer. Today I have a new guest, Deepika Narayan Bharadwaj. Deepika is a journalist and she's also a documentary filmmaker who has brought out the issues of men's rights and and in general her documentaries have been around issues that men face in the society in India. And today we're going to talk about a very significant theme or or a topic. that is now fighting its way through the courts of india marital rape what is it how it is being used what is it being described in this to know the whole thing let's welcome our guest of the evening deepika deepika ji namaskar and welcome to p guru's channel thank you so much sir it's my pleasure to be here so uh, i saw a series of tweets that you had put out i think it was yesterday and and i really got intrigued and i was talking to a couple of my people and and they said that well i think this is a topic that is now gathering a lot of interest and it would be nice if we could get deepika on our hangout and lo and behold i am talking to here and you have a panel you have a podium to express what you have been saying in your tweets tweets are only 280 characters here you have access to express yourself as to what exactly do you think is going on is this something where people are just looking at the west and then copying it and trying to bring it in india or is there a real reason for marital rape so i yield the floor to you take it away from here all right thank you so much first of all for having me on p gurus um, i really admire this platform and uh, absolutely honored to be here to share my views on this very very important uh, specific issue uh, called marital rape uh, so shri to begin with uh, let me tell you uh, in in the marital relationship space uh, uh, in in the west or in several other countries uh, they have usually have domestic violence act or the domestic violence law which basically covers uh, any kind of uh, violence or any kind of atrocity on one partner by the other most of the countries have these uh, uh, specific these specific laws neutral wherein the violence or the abuse could be be by the either partner either from the male or the female in india most of the uh, laws that govern marital relationship especially the violence or the abuse part of it are there only for women first let me tell you there is a section called section 498 of indian penal code which criminalizes uh, physical as well as emotional cruelty perpetrated on a married woman by husband or his relatives so uh, not only husband but his mother father uh, um, his sister sisters husband there have been cases where um, entire ambit of family has been implicated in these cases by the uh, married woman uh, claiming that all of these people gang together demanding dowry uh, physical cruelty etc etc so one is 498 then we have pwdva which is called the protection of women from domestic violence act uh, this law covers uh, physical abuse sexual abuse financial abuse even verbal abuse and uh, grants various kinds of reliefs uh, to a married woman uh, from uh, beginning from her residence rights uh, to maintenance uh, to child custody visitation a lot of things come in under the purview of this uh, 
then there is uh, section 377 of indian penal code which criminalizes unnatural sex sexual abuse which can be used by a married woman also against her husband in case there is a sexual violence within marriage now what is happening shri is uh, the uh, under the indian penal code which uh, uh, criminalizes rape sexual assault on a woman which is under the under two sections where one has the definition another has the punishment which is 376 and 375 of the indian penal code out of various uh, uh, behavioral uh, uh, deviances that it recognizes as sexual assault or rape uh, there is one exception that a husband cannot be charged of raping his own wife so there's an exception in the indian rape law that a husband cannot be prosecuted for raping his own wife so 376 cannot be applied in case of marital relationships and that's where this entire discussion is happening uh, there is a public interest litigation in the delhi high court filed by the rrt foundation and uh, they are saying that this exception violates article 1421 uh, uh, constitutional rights of a married woman their say is that uh, any woman whether married or unmarried has the right to say no and a husband should not be given any leeway or he should not be given any uh, immunity from being charged of rape if he has violated the will and consent of a woman and that's what this whole discussion is about they are wanting to get this exception removed uh, they don't want to go to the parliament they do not want to have a full discussion but they want the courts to you know just strike down this exception um then that's the entire discussion about and to your answer of are we aping west well while uh, one of the grounds for uh, for bringing this or striking down this exception is the violation of constitutional rights another um, argument is that india is a signatory to cedaw discrimination of any sort of violence against women and uh, you know these are these 50 countries developed countries who have recognized marital rape as a crime so why not india uh, but when they say this they do not say that most of these countries do not have a law like 498a so um how would you implement this i mean uh, what kind of a metric would be used to say that uh, there was marital rape very interesting question nothing except the statement of a woman hmm. and when i say this i am very serious about saying this because for the last 3 years i have been uh, working on a documentary called india's sons which is on lives of men who were falsely charged of rape these are ordinary men who were falsely implicated in rape charges sometimes a man who may not even have met that woman and still he was falsely accused of rape spent years and years fighting for their innocence some cases where these people had solid technology proofs like cctv footage like their call detail records and everything let's not even go into call detail records but cctv footage of being present in an absolutely different territory when they are supposedly raping this particular woman so i've spent 3 years i come with a lot of background and a lot of research it's only the statement of a woman on which uh, an fir is filed post the uh, criminal law amendment 2013 
uh, and before that as well, it is mandatory for a police officer to register an FIR of sexual abuse, uh, rape, uh, and under 376, 375 IPC. And they cannot refuse it. If they refuse it, they are, they are liable to be punished by law. There are provisions that have been added to the uh, Indian Penal Code uh, accordingly. Uh, so post the Nirbhaya case, uh, during the Criminal Law Amendment Act, medical test of the woman has also been made voluntary and that is not going to come in the way of proving or disproving her charges it may have some way uh, when during the trial if she said if she said no to medical trial maybe it could be held against it but that's no ground for non-registration of fir so whether she goes for medical test or does not go for medical test uh, just the statement of a woman that on a particular day or and that day could be six months before a year before two years before three years before if she says that i my husband uh, had sexual intercourse with me against my will and consent that's it the guy is going to come under 376. now uh, deepika from your sample set that you've got over the last three years does this thing span all religions or is it localized to one or two uh, to be very honest, sir, I have not really um, uh, studied uh, or researched uh, the abuse of law from the point of view of religion. Um, I have seen men of every religion being falsely implicated. Uh, but yes, uh, to say or so, uh, I have seen, um, and before India's sons, I made martyrs of marriage, which was on false dowry cases. So I come with a background of misuse of dowry laws as well. I've seen predominantly the it's, it's the Hindu families in which it is happening, uh, because somewhere uh, in uh, Muslims and uh, Christian families, they still have got some reverence for their local community decisions. Uh, the matters do go over there and they try to mediate and they try to settle. Uh, but uh, Hindu families sort of, I feel, have become very, very disjointed the community is still there community decisions are still there in i would say uh tier three tier four uh towns or villages but tier one two three cities they they do not really have any say whatsoever so there's an fir and then the cases continue uh, but indian penal code applies on every religion so there is no bifurcation over there of course of course that's why i asked you that question I was just trying to get a sampling, whether it is culture driven or something to do with uh, a different reason. I mean, if there is genuine rape, for sure, uh, the woman should find justice. It's your contention then that the current legal system provides for that? Uh, yes, absolutely. The current contention, my, mine and everyone who is opposing marital rape law are multiple. Uh, first, primarily is definitely this uh, while uh, people who have petitioned this are saying why can a husband not be called rapist if they have if they're hell-bent on calling a man uh, in a marital relationship a rapist well then that's their prerogative but if a woman has gone through physical sexual violence in a marriage uh, then she already has laws that come to uh, come to her recourse uh, i want to also add over here that uh, 376 of Indian Penal Code uh, also provides for uh, a provision to prosecute husband as well. Uh, so uh, just to explain this with an example, if a man and a woman are in a marital relationship, the woman does not want to have sex, the man wants to have sex, they're not just getting along on sexual terms, let's say that. 
she can easily get separated from him and during that separation if he anyhow tries to have sexual relationship with her she can prosecute him for 376 uh, so that exception is also there uh, apart from that like i said in the beginning 498 a 377 uh, and pwdva there are three pro different provisions the punish minimum punishment for 498 a is 3 years the uh, punishment for 377 is 10 years so the provisions are already there their contention is only this that why can't a husband be called a rapist if he has done the same act as um, unmarried man would be called a rapist for i'm not so, getting too much into the technicalities obviously there are you know a lot of arguments uh, around that but yeah to complete uh, point i'm sorry i missed out so first is this uh, there are provisions already which are existing second uh, they are asking for a blanket removal of the exception which is going to uh, expose husbands to myriad of situations in which uh, a man has uh, is is uh, said to have sexually abused assaulted or raped a woman to just give you an example um, if her consent uh, is obtained on misconception of fact you know if she is promised just to give you an example and i think your viewers really really need to know this india is perhaps the only country in the world where if a man goes back on his promise of marriage then a woman can accuse him of rape uh, this is forming uh, approximately 45 to 50 percent of the rape cases in india today what i'm talking about is a man and a woman are in relationship uh, and there are cases where rape has been filed after living relationships as well n number of those they have been in relationship for one year two year three year four year five year doesn't matter the woman then goes to the cops and say that this man has been having sex with me by promising that he is going to marry me but he is not marrying me and these and then the, the guy is charged of raping that woman and then the trial goes on uh, in 2015 these cases were 21% of the reported cases and i'm giving you national crime records bureau in 2000 by the end of 2019 these cases have uh, exceeded 45% of the entire uh, the gamut of rape cases so our contention is that when there is such a background not just of dowry false dowry cases but even of rape cases uh, can you bring a law without any safeguards whatsoever and the countries that they are saying have uh, recognized this offense just to talk about united states different states have different definition different states have different punishment different states have different uh, thresholds for example there is a statute on when it can be reported like 35 days in some states uh, some states it's different so but what feminists are asking here in india is removal of this exception which again then i said is going to expose a husband also to myriad conditions where he can be charged of rape another is intoxication if a woman says that her consent was obtained when she was intoxicated that is also rape so if a um, if a husband and wife have gone and had you know drinks and come back and had a sexual uh, uh, relationship if something goes wrong between them then the woman would say that on that night we were intoxicated he did not take my consent and he raped me and she can charge him of rape so a man will be at the mercy of his wife not to be charged under this offense sir and when i'm telling you this there are thousands and thousands of cases in india india has decriminalized adultery there are so there are statistics that have come out on how many married women are on these extramarital websites 
there are hundreds of cases that have come to me where if the man found out that his wife was sleeping with somebody else and he objected to it the next thing that he got was a false dowry case false domestic violence case and now all the i was in fact reading tweet of a, a, a very learned advocate mr rishkaran bhandari he said it very rightly all the divorce cases in india will not turn be to, to 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 be a marital rape case because most of the divorce cases in india especially the contested ones uh, turn out to be a case of dowry domestic violence even though there was not an iota of any demand of money or domestic violence it's very easy to abuse laws in india thank you so much for uh, you know casting light on something that has not perhaps been uh, debated much in the mainstream media and uh, let's see how this case plays out and uh, it seems like some people have time on their hands and they just want to try and bring something that's already in force in some countries in the west and uh, i mean if already the law is covering this i wonder why this is being asked to uh, you know be presented in front of a, a judge and you know it seems to me like it's, it's a waste of time but that's just me i uh, don't take my word for it this has been something that we agreed to in a very short time and i really really appreciate it because you have some other thing to do in a short break before thank you so much there's just there. one thing that i think yeah, yeah, should definitely no shri sir which is uh, no matter how serious the allegations are in these matrimonial disputes no matter to, to what kind of a brutal assault has been claimed uh, there are plethora of cases and in fact most of the cases eventually come down to settlements there are settlements that are ranging from 5 lakhs to 50 lakhs to 5 crores just today my last series of tweets you would see that i've sought uh, fir's from husbands who have already been abused uh, uh, accused of sexual abuse under the ipc 377 which i said is applicable and wives can use it uh, post the uh, there was a judgment by the supreme court in 2014 which gave some recourse to the husband that they would not be immediately arrested in these false dowry cases which was called popularly called arnesh kumar judgment immediately after that what the lawyers and the and this i would call them disgruntled wives started doing was start adding started adding allegations of 377 because by adding that they would get the husband immediately arrested Uh, so now earlier the settlements used to be in lakhs now the settlements would go on in gray you know crores and it would be very ironical that women are going to now settle their rape cases and on one hand supreme court of india is saying that matrimonial disputes really need to be um, you know settled with both parties coming to an amicable resolution but then we have the court deciding now marital rape so uh, i'm not too sure if the cases that you were talking about that happens in west where there there are these cases of spousal violence uh, if they end up only about monetary settlements but in india most of the cases do and to bring a heinous offense like rape to that ground uh, i think would in my personal view be making a mockery of the crime to in totality thank you so much deepika ji that was very uh, illuminating to know that it's not a safe place for men unfortunately and and especially those with means and uh, it, but overall i'm just uh, uh, i'm a little disappointed that the institution of marriage is now being defined in you know cut and sliced and diced and, you know there, there is something called as understanding and 
In fact, uh, many of us uh, have experienced arranged marriages where our parents go through a very careful selection. I'm not saying it's rest, yes or no, it's not right or wrong. Anybody can choose their partner any way we want. Uh, because th that is the case where you can say, well, I didn't know what I was getting into or who I was you know, going to marry. At least in the other case where you know your spouse before you get married, at least you have some idea of the person. So uh, th this is a very interesting case and uh, hopefully it gets settled quickly. Um, and especially since there's already adequate protection, I see no reason why this should proceed forward. Thank you very much. Namaskar. Thank you so much. Thank you.